This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 390 being recorded on... Damn it, March uh, March uh, 9th, I'm Nine. being told, 2016. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Malentano. Uh, and this is uh, hour one of our next 12-hour streaming marathon. <laughs> um, so Aww. I'm glad everybody could be here. We're actually, we don't have any guests lined up. We don't have any projects lined up. This time it is just us talking. I only brought one drink. That's <laughs> it. That's all you oh, got. You better nurse it. I'm just going to switch to this and leave. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you can do that too. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. This is our normal weekly uh, podcast and live stream. Uh, at, you can find all the episodes and all the information at pcper.com slash podcast. If you do want to come watch us record the show live, you can do so at pcper.com slash live uh, on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you need a gentle reminder, we send out an email a couple of hours beforehand. You can sign up for that email list at pcper.com slash subscribe, which takes you to this little uh, page right here where we just ask for your name and your email address. And that's it. We send you notifications when we do this event and other cool Live things. What? I don't have your screen. Oh, you don't have that. How about we... Uh, hold on. I got this. Uh, let's hope the IP address didn't change. Live demo, folks. That's right. How about that? Better? Yeah. Okay. Now you get this page with your name and your email address is all we ask for, and we'll send you notifications about the live streams we do. This one, uh, the big 12-hour one we did before, the mm-hmm. other upcoming ones that we will have, uh, either for 3D printing or VR stuff or uh, new product releases, whatever it happens to be. Uh, also a reminder, we had a big uptick uh, in our Patreon from our live stream, which is obviously one of the reasons we did it. If you go to patreon.com slash pcper, you can uh, help contribute to the success of PC Perspective and the people we have uh, working here. You can see we are up above our second milestone, which is awesome. And our next milestone uh, will get us to do a uh, weekly mailbag show where you guys email us. Uh, send us Twitter messages, Facebook messages, whatever it happens to be. Um, uh, we're still not going to deliver your papers. No, we're not going to. We're not going to deliver papers. It's been years. It's been a long time. We're not going to do any of that. But if uh, uh, if you do that, we'll do a mailbag show. So you know, we'll record it. It might be me doing it sometimes. It might be all of us doing it sometimes. It might be just Alan or Josh or Jeremy or whoever that week. But we will do uh, a weekly show of that. That's if we hit the next milestone. That's uh, to help us. You know make sure we have all the, the time allotted accordingly. So, patreon.com slash pcper. We desperately, not desperately, we greatly thank anybody who has already contributed to it, and if you consider it uh, now, that would be awesome too. Uh, so let's get into stuff that happened. It was, a, it was an odd week, uh, mostly because I was so focused on the live stream that we did on Sunday. We, so content was a little bit messed up. There weren't any major product releases or announcements uh, that I'm aware of. Yeah. Over the last week, uh, Mori did post a review of the Asus Sabertooth Z170 uh, Mark One, which I think is an awesome name for motherboard. Like to have a Mark One, Mark Two, Mark Three, like those things going down the line if they choose to do that. Um, it is a Sabertooth branded board, the Tough series, if you will. T U F Tough, just just how they just how they planned it out. Uh, the ultimate see- force. 
Yeah, he's got. Uh, you can see the styling here. It's uh, a very, very saber tooth esque. Although they have got away from just the. It used to be like just Han, right? So is it saber toothy? It's saber tooth ish. I would is say. Is it primal? No. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but you can see, like this is the this is the kind of motherboard that has the uh, the armor on it. Uh, it has a dust fan on it that is it's kind of interesting. It blows out through like the connector area. Um, this has a QR code in this description. You guys see this up here in this corner, right there. Somebody, no, somebody, scan that QR it. code in the chat and let me know what it takes you to. Um, probably that page. It, probably, probably that. Just that page. Uh, you've got fortifier. You can see you've got like a little M.2 slot here that uh, went can to be red covered tube, or uncovered. Dude. Oh no. <laughs> How awesome would that be? Talk about a hot motherboard. So the whole idea of the Sabretooth brand is that it's kind of... Uh, it's geared more towards longevity, not necessarily overclocking or performance, although this motherboard will do overclocking and performance just fine. So you have a little bit different uh, MOSFETs, different capacitors, different chokes, uh, in theory rated at higher hours, you know, the tough black metal caps rated at 10,000 hours. Um, uh, but everything else, I mean, like... This is a motherboard. It's just it has motherboard features. You've got dis- display port, HDMI, LAN, audio connectors, all the USB stuff. Um, and you can see all the kind of additional, I guess these are uh, uh, cat protections for all these different ports, right? So you're looking at um, add-on circuits for the USB connectors for transient voltage suppression, uh, diodes and capacitor protection for surface mount and dual inline packages. So I guess that would prevent you from you'd be less likely to electroshock all of your stuff, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a plus. And again, goes with the with the uh, the mentality of the Saber Tooth series. This is this gives you an idea of what the protector is. Uh, you get the plastic covering that basically plugs up any slots. You're not going to get dust in them. Uh, obviously, you have to take one of those out if you're going to use a discrete graphics card. But if you wanted to remove it all, you could, and you just underneath it all, you get a, a normal, a normal motherboard. But this is the Sabertooth Z170 Mark One. Uh, we'll go into as we scroll past these massive specs pages here. Uh, a couple of the pages of what more I wrote about here. Uh, I always like seeing the color differences between actual real world pictures and stuff that shows up in marketing pages. USB 3.1 Type C and type a on this board so you're not going to lose a whole lot of connectivity there uh you can see the tiny fan obviously what's the number one thing we worry about with small fans guys (laughs) precisely precisely the most annoying sound in the history of humankind um but they uh according to mori have done better with that than uh than in the past and it is um speed limited or temperature limited i guess uh Let's see. There's you can see your M.2 slot there. Boy, you you have to remember to take your M.2 drive out before you take off the plastic parts, or else oh, yeah, <laughs> real nasty. Why is this damn thing coming off? <laughs> Snap! Snap! Uh, I do like this uh, LED indicators for your uh, uh, set of ports. Five key boot. No, these are the five key boot actions. Oh, okay, so yep. because the armor is covering the PCB. They have these LEDs as part of uh, of the structure of the board. That's actually a better way to have it laid out, honestly, to have it all in one location. Um, so that's a plus. And uh, obviously, we can't we can't have a motherboard review without a classic Mori giant CPU cooler installation uh, photo gallery. <laughs> it's like <laughs> leaning to the side. 
it's a little bit off center on its weight. What are you going to say about it's that? Just a little you know? bit, you know. you know. But even with the armor installed, you don't have any uh, major complications. That doesn't look like. I didn't know. I didn't well, know. Except any. for that Noctua cooler, it just didn't like the mounting. Oh yeah, right. He did mention that to us, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, you could see. I mean, it's 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 fairly. It's pretty close. Close. It's fairly tight in there. Uh, with I wonder that if he actually there. mounted the uh, the heatsink on the on the CPU correctly this time. That was me. Oh, he wait. claims there were no bent pins. Hey, that was you. Hey Josh. Yeah. Hey Josh. Hey what? I love you. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Suck it, Trebek. Uh, this does come with the hyper <laughs> the hyper M.2 by four mini card. So if you don't want to use that M.2 slot because you're worried about cracking it, or um, you already did crack, it. or you already that, did, yeah, they're can. making that card even lower profile now. Yeah, yeah. Like the older version of it was just a standard uh, half height, half length style PCB, and that's really even get you anything that that's even, smaller though, because you can't do anything with the space. Well, no. Here's the thing: if if that card, people probably ask this, but if you had a GPU. Let's say a dual fan GPU, right? And you wanted the SSD right next to it, right? That card is blocking Could have been one blocking of the fans. Some of the yeah. airflow. So the the thinner you can make yeah. that card, the better, right? So that's good. Plus, look at the CPU installation tool. Um, Where has this been my entire life? Yeah. To ensure also easy and a die cracker. Well, no. This is to ensure easy and proper CPU installation with the board socket. It just lines it up for you. Yeah, pretty much. Like a funnel. Not like a funnel would be my guess. It's like a funnel for the CPU? You just drop it and it just like has no, to... No, I just think it prevents you from putting the knobs in the wrong spot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so it has like... So it probably has like little keys yeah. Yeah. in it. Uh, like I said, overclocking capability, performance. It's got the same kind of BIOS, UEFI implementation. Lots of great features that you would expect from an Asus motherboard. Uh, it's relatively inexpensive, I guess, 229 um, so kind of, I would say on the, on the high end, but not, not nearly as high as we've seen on a lot of other, uh, uh, Asus Z170 flagship, uh, style boards. Um, but it did get an overall, uh, a good score here. Silver award for Mori. Uh, it was incompatible with that Noctua NHD 15 mounting cage in default vertical orientation. So we had to rotate it. Um, lack of application information included in the manual, but if you're a normal person, you can just download it from the internets as well. I guess if you're building your computer and you don't have the internets on your phone, I'm mean, I mean, to that point now, right? Like it's just yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. It used to be like, oh crap, I don't have another computer. <laughs> That's right. right. I, I didn't mean to uninstall that I Nick driver. I can't download my Win modem driver. That was a serious problem. I know it was. It, was it really was. Problem. You were Go just, to a friend's house. You were screwed. And wait for 28.8 download <laughs> to finish in 48 minutes or something. For one megabyte. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Asus Sabertooth Z170 Mark One motherboard. Uh, Mori posted that review up. Check that out. And we also have a review in from Sebastian. The Corsair Carbide 400C. Um, basically, if you liked the 600C... You're probably going to like this. Although this is a, a not inverted design, right, Ken? I think that's what this yeah, is. Yeah. This is, this is your standard, you know, it opens on the left-hand side. As you look at the front of the case, uh, things aren't rotated 90 degrees. You can see in there your video card is, is mounted as you would as you are expected to be. Now, this is a mid-tower case, but it does support full ATX. Actually, it even says it supports EATX motherboards which is nice um two usb 3.0 front panel connectors microphone headphone all that type of stuff um and uh let's see let's just skip past the boxes and stuff and get to these real artsy photos that sebastian likes to take um 
So if we open up the 400C, I like the 400C. So the 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 400 series, well, the 400C, and then there's the 400Q. The C is the one that has the clear acrylic window side panel. Uh, they open up. I would say, what would you call that? Gull wing style. You know, that's like a yep. car when it opens up. That's suicide. Suicide doors. Yeah. Uh, and but they just like lift up and come off, so they're they're it's easy to work in. Um, it's it's kind of like a um, the trend on monitors where you get what what does Dell call it on this machine? Infinity display. This is like the infinity window where oh, it's oh. like acrylic all the way to the side. Very small bezel. Very small bezels. Like no bezels on the side. You get some on the top and bottom because as it turns out, acrylic won't just float uh, very well. Um, so it's 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 small in there. It's 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 decent, right? Yeah. But you still got plenty of space. You got all your cable routing. What's the um, stuff on the bottom? Uh, that's 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 where your power supply and everything goes, and it just kind of helps yeah. keep the it. hard drive mounts are down there too. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the three and a halfs. Uh, but I like the the clean look it gives by kind of separating even the initial bunch of wires that come out of a power supply before yeah. they go to the back of the case. Yep, um, it is nice. You can see. I guess those are two and a half inch drive bays on the back. With springs. Um, oh, really? To pop They're spring-loaded, so you slide your SSD in, and when you want to get it out, you just push it back down like a SIM card, and pop, comes out a bit. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can see now if you take that, that kind of housing off, you get your 3.5-inch drive base down there, uh, which I'm, I'm imagining that cage is removable if you don't need any of it, and you want some more space for those uh, uh, power supply cables. You've got magnetic filter on the top. The front panel comes off and has a filter. Um so that doesn't, that's, that's maybe a little bit less optimal for me. I hate kind of having to remove those plastic clips on the front of cases because every time I do it, I'm afraid it's the last time <laughs> that I'll be able to do it because I'll break those clips. But uh, you can just go through the build process here that uh, Sebastian put up. And you can also tell, like, it's a fairly wide case. Yeah. Um, because those that's a dual 120 uh, rad combination up there, like, totally awesome. And there's still some space to the side. As well, and lots of room on the on the uh, on the front panel there too. So, yeah, there's your spring-loaded SSD tray. <laughs> that is literally just a bare spring. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a spring that somebody attached down there. You know, you know when you do what you got to do. Um, performance was good. Let's look at pictures of the of the completed build. That's pretty nice. I mean. The Corsair cases are just generally clean and easy to work in now most of the time. Uh, it gets a little bit busier now that you have the, the SSD mounts kind of in the back. Yeah. But, you know, doesn't, I mean, Sebastian probably didn't spend hours on this, and it looks pretty good on the back. Or maybe he did spend hours on it, in which case he should be a little bit faster. Uh, performance, good. Noise levels, good. The, uh, the C, where are we at here? 400C on air, temperature-wise... Yeah, it's toward the high end of that stack there, um, but still on the on the low end of the noise levels as well. And there's look at that look at that artsy shot. I see a Diablo box in the background. It's some Indiana Jones something or ATI expert as well. Uh, One forty nine ninety nine uh, was the price of the. Um, I guess the larger, the 600s. Uh, the 400C is 99 bucks, and the quiet version, the 400Q, is also 99 bucks. So reasonably, reasonably priced, competing with the Fractal Define, uh, Fractal Design Define S, um, which is uh, quite the undertaking 
there, as I think that was one of Sebastian's favorite cases. This did get a gold award. Um, outstanding hinge door design, attractive appearance, solid build quality, compact size for mid-tower weaknesses, limited clearance behind the motherboard for cable management. Mm-hmm. And then the hard drive mount can interfere with a longer PSU. And also if you have that bundle of cables coming out the back yeah. as well. So uh, if you're not using 3.5-inch drives, you could take it out, but my guess is that the majority of PC users still have at least one or two uh, three and a half inch drives in there. So uh, that's pretty much it on the review side. What did you guys publish uh, this week, Ken? Uh, like twelve hours of video. <sighs> you produced it, but I published it. <clears throat> I saw. I, I, saw I, had, I had two pieces up. You did? Yeah, yeah. I, I dick. And all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, I didn't see those in the show notes, so we'll have to add those back we'll in. Add it's, it's, just be two words it's, it's, on the side. Potential. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> Content. Just be like, dick. And then all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in any event, uh, we'll quickly talk about our uh, sponsor for this week's episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. That is... Casper, we're welcome, excited to welcome back Casper, longtime sponsor, longtime fan of our show. I, I think they listen every week. Mm-hmm. They really love the in-depth technical discussions we get into. Uh, but if you don't know who Casper is, uh, they are an online retailer of premium mattresses, fractions of the cost. Uh, they are revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and past the savings on the people, the consumers, the people that are actually buying the mattresses. Cut the middleman out. That always benefits uh, cost in the long run. Casper's mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress at a fair price. It uses two technologies, latex and memory foam, come together for better nights and brighter days. It's a comfortable mattress that has the right, just the right amount of sink and bounce, provides a long-lasting comfort and support. I have a Casper mattress. Uh, it is very comfortable. It, it, it showed up at the very right time in my household. I, I, I will say um, one of my favorite things about it is... Sleeping. Sleeping is also is, is high on that list, but um, because it is the 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 kind of memory foam ish type style, mm-hmm. if I move, it doesn't move the other side of the bed or vice versa. If she when she has to get out of bed at six in the morning and go to work, yeah. and my ass is asleep, it's much less likely to wake me up. Oh sure, which does it? And even when like the dogs would stand up and kind of move around and lay back down in another spot of the bed, because it's not a spring, it's not kind of moving the whole the whole mattress. I mean, when the so. memory foam mattresses first came out, their little gimmick was that they would have like a glass of wine. Right. And then they'd drop a bowling ball like on the other <laughs> right. side of the bed and the glass of wine was still just sitting there. I don't know if I would do that like as a practical thing. Might not be a good idea. Um, uh, but I, I see the, the sheets intent. off first. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I see the intent. Um, you can buy Casper mattresses online completely risk-free. You can try sleeping on one um, for a 100-day period. A full 100 days you can sleep on it. And if you're not satisfied, you can call them and they'll bring. they'll take it back from you. You don't have to like go deliver it to them back they will come take it from you that's good and considering that these are delivered by fedex or ups that's actually very important Mm -hmm. because there's no place for you to actually i wonder how that process like works uh they send like a courier service because they don't they don't tell you to put it back in the box yeah which would be a very difficult process or just the poor ups guy shows up all right i'm here for your package yeah i brought brought a vacuum cleaner to do the label on it (laughs) right yeah (laughs) 
It's just sitting in front of your house. Big old mattress. Casper mattresses are made in the USA, and that's obviously a big plus. You can get a Casper mattress for 500 bucks for a twin or 950 for a king. Uh, comparing that to industry averages, that is an outstanding price point. You can save an additional 50 bucks as one of our audience members by going to casper.com slash PCPer and entering the promo code PCPer. That's casper.com slash PCPer and promo code PC per we thank them for their support of our show and if you uh, want to support them for supporting us casper.com slash PC per promo code PC per go give it a shot do you know why they, they really advertise with us I I am not sure our I've... content is so boring that we put people <laughs> to sleep and they use the Casper mattresses all right hey you know whatever yeah. it takes to get the sponsorship going hey, I listen, mean that's what if we'll you're gonna watch with. a 12-hour live stream then you're right, really right, right. We should could, probably be in bed. We, we yeah. should, we should no, have. You had should Casper. have brought some Casper mattresses in for the boys. I was going to say yeah. we should have had Casper sponsor the live stream and put set up a mattress on one side of the office and yep. say, okay, it's it's Sebastian's nap time. Yep. You get your one hour nap in. Uh, although I would never ever uh, uh, trust. I would never sleep around you guys like in an environment what? like that. Like I don't know. Like, yeah, I, you've never done that before. Well, I don't really have a choice when we're on a trip. Like I have to sleep. Listen, eventually. only Josh does stuff like that. You're mostly right. well. Then you kind of worry that Sebastian would have a blanket party in the corner and be bad. Yeah, it's okay. They'll stay t- still take the mattress back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very true. Stains and all. Uh, let's see. Quick summary of what we, the hell we did on Sunday. We did a 12-hour live stream. Actually, real quick, Ken, is the Twitch streaming working? No. That's not working? No. Is that our fault? I don't know. Okay. That's unfortunate. We changed some stuff, but... Well, I know. I didn't it, know if but, you... but it was working and then stopped working, so I don't really know how to... I think it's on their end. I don't know. Twitch is pretty important. I, I streamed to Twitch for like five hours a day and it works, so I don't know what okay. would have changed. Anyway, what we did stream on Sunday to Twitch uh, was for 12 hours straight, we did our Streaming Out Loud SOL uh, stream. It was was from noon to midnight Eastern time. It went, uh, I think it was a rousing success. If you missed any of it, uh, shame on you. I can't believe that you didn't pay attention for all 12 hours. I'm Uh, sorry. I, I didn't. Actually, yeah, you're the worst defender of it. To be to be yes. quite to be quite honest, um, we did things. Uh, Sebastian built a Lian Lee table PC. Uh, we did some gaming of uh, Dirt Rally. We did some. Uh, what was that game I played with Coonrad? Um, something Knights. Who's Coonrad? Andrew Coonrad. He works at Logitech. Used to work at Nvidia. Now he's oh, a Logitech okay. G guy. Guy with the big hair. Guy with the big poofy hair. He used to have the big poofy hair. Now he doesn't anymore. Um, we did we did uh, Rocket League. We interviewed Dan Baker, Ben Kachera, uh, Andrew Kunrad, David Hewlett, uh, Tom Peterson, and Jacob Freeman, and Patrick Norton, and yep. Alan taught us soldering throughout it. Uh, if you want to relive any of that, there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can go to pcper.com slash SOL. That was the landing page for the stream. You can watch all 12 hours broken down into four parts right here um, that you can see all four of the YouTube videos, three about three hours apiece. Uh, or if you go to uh, just youtube.com slash PCPer, we have some individual segments we're putting out there as well. Uh, I already posted out the Ben Kuchera interview. I posted out the um, uh, Alan Soldering, the David Hewlett interview, uh, the Dan Baker interview. The, he's, the, he's from Oxide Games, did the engine behind Ashes of Singularity. And I have several more that I'm going to publish uh, sometime tomorrow as well. But if you want to go through the whole experience, if you want to relive the experience of SOL, 
Uh, just go to pcpro.com slash SOL and you can see uh, the videos there. I had a lot of fun. I thought it went surprisingly well. Um, and uh, uh, I think... I, you know, I live, I live SOL daily. Yeah, I think most of us can can understand that. <laughs> yeah. First comment on the soldering video. Yeah. <laughs> How to solder with that one? Cool. When will we get sodomy with Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you didn't notice that. (laughs) I'm going to hope not ever. Yeah. Oh. Coming soon to Josh Tech. Indeed. Um, So let's talk about some other news that came up. Um, We talked about this a little bit last week, right? About uh, the Ashes of Singularity, the DX12, the whole idea of the unified Windows platform, and blah, blah, blah. Um, We did actually get official comments from Microsoft directly to us about kind of our comments on it and our discussions and our worries. Um, And they had kind of a prepared statement where they talk about, um, you know, what the goal is. They want to create experiences that are easily deployed across all Windows 10 devices from PCs to tablets to the Xbox. Um, When it comes to UWP game on Windows 10 PCs, we're early in our journey. We're listening to the feedback from the community, multiple GPUs, SLI, Crossfire, VSync, etc. We're embracing the feedback and working to ensure gamers on Windows 10 have a great experience. We'll have more to discuss in the coming months. Um, so that's that's at least uh, an endearing sign that they are listening to people, that they're paying attention, that they may make changes in the ways that we want changes made. Um, I, I, did think, ask, I think people were getting vocal enough to where they kind of had to do something. They're Microsoft. They don't really have to do anything. Uh, like, I know, you're still going to use Windows. Yeah. Right? Um, so I did ask them uh, in one particular question. They replied, uh, to answer your question, we can ass- can we assume that those full screen features that work today with DirectX 12 uh, will work into the future as well? Yes. So uh, that like the fact that we can get an exclusive full screen mode yep. in Ashes of Singularity indicates that we should be able to get any. Just because a game uses DirectX 12 doesn't mean it has to go into the restrictions of the UWP, the mm-hmm. Unified Windows Platform. And, and if, it, if it does the full screen mode exclusively, then you don't get the notifications and the other like Windows stuff. Correct. Right. But at least. You could do that. If the game developer wants to be full screen, then it's full screen. And I think right? you'll find that will be the case for the most part, right? Um, and and this, is, this will really be a problem as more games get released on the Windows Store that are exclusive to that. Right. Right. And, and game de- like Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider is a game that exists on both platforms. Steam and then uh, the, the, the Windows Store, right? Now, and so now you I get will, that choice. I will say, like, before we kind of poo-poo on... Like the not like the win, full screen window thing, mm-hmm. right? When you were trying that game out, I mean that was freaking awesome. Like the experience, other than the way that the game had VSync forced on and stuff like that, it was about gears was awesome, huh? It's about gears. Uh, I think that's what it was. The one we were just like playing with today. No, like you would all tab out of it and it would be just oh yeah, instant, yeah, yeah. right? There are there are Nothing a lot of pluses switch. to it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just if they could only make it work with all those other features, I think it would be like yeah. it should just be the default. So really. there's there's some other restrictions. Uh, like yeah. we found out, I so the way I the way I test now is we have two operating system drives, one for AMD, one for NVIDIA, so we don't mix drivers. Yep. And then we have one base drive 
that has all the game data on it. It has mm-hmm. the Steam games, the Origin games, whatever. Yep. But you you cannot do that with Windows Store games because it is encrypted to the operating system install that it is on, right? Yep. So in order for – so like I installed it on the AMD-based platform, right? I, I downloaded it, installed it to that kind of – that that centralized drive. Yep. And then when I turned on the NVIDIA system, it said, oh, you don't have that game installed. And I was like, well, actually I do. Maybe it's just like Steam and sometimes it has to like actually go look for the file. It, yeah. yeah. And when I went to do that, I said, actually, actually, look on the D drive. This is where the stuff is. It says, ooh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, as it turns out. There's stuff there, but it's not your if you stuff. Wanna, if you want to install apps to that directory, we have to remove all other apps yeah. because they belong to a different platform. Classy. So, so that's, yeah. that's crappy. Um, that's very, very niche, though. It is, it an, is. Edge, it is an edge it is. case. Don't get it me is. wrong. But um, it's like, it does, else, why does else? that stuff really need that level of protection? It's if, just, if it's, even Steam, which has DRM, doesn't need to do it's that. It's app-level encryption, right? It's, I mean, yeah. it's like... I mean, it's the same thing why it's much more difficult on Android or iOS to take an app and just like... I don't know. You wouldn't be able to do that type of thing right. with a with an iOS or an Android device, really. Um, what was the other thing that it did today that I wasn't super thrilled with? Oh, like, it, it had all the intro movies before Gears of War. Uh-huh. And Ken Jokes, like, oh, just go into the directory and rename those movie files. Like, oh, no, you can't. You can't enter that directory because it's an encrypted Oh, uh, cheesy. Thing. Can you not even... Can you, can you, you, like, can't, you can't take can't ownership even, of it or something? You can't or? Even, it, it's, I think if you take ownership over it, like you can't. It's just run like a package. There's no, you don't see the yeah. structure. It's like what, it's like an APK file. Like it really does not. But the benefits of it, but the benefits of it were that like the game's startup was immediate. Oh, right. Like there's not like uh, it didn't like have to like load up a whole bunch of things to get it up and running. So like, or whatever. It's like like you still had to load the game, but like sure. you got immediate response. The alt tab out of it was very fast, very responsive. Yeah. Uh, it didn't affect the game at all. Uh, alt F4 worked, which I'm always a big fan of, and it was immediately closed. It didn't take time. You didn't have to worry about the screen. You know, sometimes if you were to alt tab or close out of a game, like your icons would be moved, right, or it would be reset on your desktop or something like that. None of that stuff really happened. So there are some potential benefits for it. Um, uh, but we talked about a lot about that last week, at least the the potential benefits of it, I guess. Um we, I posted this up on that same day that I got a statement, or no, I take this back, I didn't get a statement, about AMD was going to add uh, direct flip to their driver. I got the information not from AMD when I asked, but from a, a Reddit AMA that they were doing when somebody asked, somebody uh, came can in. you comment on the direct PC perspective story about this, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and the answer from Robert Halleck, who's been on our streams many times, uh, said we will add direct flip support shortly, and so that was all we got. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when uh, another when I, when that same user Cataclysm asked, can you comment on how FreeSync is affected by the way games sold through the Windows Store run in Bordeaux Windowed mode? Uh, Robert actually pointed to our article discussing that <laughs> topic, saying, hey, this this actually uh, discusses the issue thoroughly. Quote, games sold through Steam, Origin, and anywhere else will have the ability to behave with DX12 as they do today with DX11. Yeah. So, so um, was this just a matter of, like, they just didn't have the flip thing implemented on their DX12 in their driver. That's it? Yes. And as a fact, leading into our next story, uh, today, literally a couple hours ago before we record this, Radeon released, or AMD, 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 or the Radeon Technologies Group, Uh, released the Radeon Software Crimson Edition 16.3, which, among other things, adds DirectX 12 Direct Flip, Flip X, whatever you want to call it, support into it. Um, Jeremy, did you see anything else that 
propped up or plopped up on this driver. It looked like it actually had a decent amount of stuff uh, worth looking at. Uh, yeah, I mean, you get Vulcan support, which, or at least improved Vulcan support, because right. they have been playing around with it for a bit now. Uh, a crossfire status indicator, so there's a toggle where it'll indicate whether your crossfire is actually running or not. Interesting. Uh, the power efficiency toggle, which is the interesting one. So if you're running a 300 series or a Fury X, you're now able to turn some of the power efficiency optimizations off. So in theory, you wouldn't be seeing any of the downclocking that's happening when it wants to be a little bit more efficient. Yeah, I don't. I think this is kind of a C states thing. Well, or it's a sleep thing. Like it needs more. T- it needs testing. Like, yeah, seeing as how it's been a couple of like, hours, we haven't had time to play with sure. it. Like here's an example from the SSD side. Uh, you can actually disable certain like C state levels in the BIOS yeah. on a system, and you, your 4K random access, even though it's continuously hitting an SSD with 4K random, that number will go up by like 10 or 20%, like a decent amount, mm-hmm. right? That's noticeable. You would figure, well, but the CPU is going at full speed the whole time right. while you're running that test because it's busy like the whole time. But apparently there's just split seconds in there where the CPU backs off a little bit yeah. and then the next yep. IO comes in and it, it there's an extra length of time if it has to wake back up out of a sure. partial C state, right? Well, I, I think, so we'll see how it works. I, I th- my guess is on this one, is that it's more related to uh, the behavior of cards like the Nano, right? The Nano... That's my thought. ...varied its clock speed pretty dramatically... Right. ...and erratically uh, in order to maintain a certain power envelope. Yeah, so if this backs off on that a little bit. So this may make it less uh, restrictive on that power envelope in order to have a more consistent clock speed because, as we saw in several instances, um, that erratic clock speed behavior translated into kind of erratic frame times as yeah. well. Um, and so they in the if you look at the release notes they mentioned something specific about you know uh, improving performance stability or performance yeah. uh, something like that. So I, I think that's more what it's what it's related to. Anyway, what Although else if you're running a nano in a very enclosed space, you might want to think yeah. twice about doing this. Agreed. Agreed. And then there was one other thing which is not going to benefit hardly any maybe three people on this planet at this moment, but they've introduced uh, X-Technol- X-Connect technology. So these are for the external GPUs we're starting to see, like the Razer Blade Stealth. So the R9 300 series will now be supported over Thunderbolt 3 and USB-C connections. It's, again, something no one is really going to be able to play with, but it's kind of neat to see it finally making its way into the official driver. Yeah, this was something that Robert, again, teased a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or so, saying, oh, big news coming from AMD on external graphics. And I was, I still am, a little confused about what, um, <laughs> like, what their kind of stake in this is or what their kind of impact on this is because I mean, it, really, it was really like we've had the connectivity options there. We've, it was really the operating system needed to kind of uh, improve on the idea of hot swapping PCI Express graphics devices. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there had to be work in the driver to be able to support that. Um, so and, they're basically the saying that there's... It's got to be in the OS. Too. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, assuming the OS work is done... Yeah. Or at least in the same kind of beta state that this is. There's, there's the, only OS, pro- the only list support for R9 300 series GPUs or R9 390 series GPUs, maybe, or maybe it's 300. They don't mention Fury, Fury X, Nano, or whatever for the external, the X Connect technology, which doesn't, I just don't, 
man, this like these two architectures must be they're so fundamentally different that they're causing all these kind of things. Like when we when we first saw the Gears of War stuff, uh, yeah. it stuttered on the Fury, but it didn't stutter on the three ninety X. It was it was weird. Just hot swap PCI is a very it is it's it's incredibly complex. Yeah. Um, also, it is worth noting I have already tried these drivers in. Um, uh, Gears of War, the mm-hmm. Ultimate Edition, and uh, it does remove the stutter, the like the cra- huge, crazy pauses and stutters in the yeah. benchmark uh, that we saw in that game. Um, and so I don't have like how much improvement it actually made. I think AMD claimed up to sixty percent, which if you have two second long pauses in your game, it's easy to see. <laughs> if you removed all those pauses, you probably could, get sixty percent. Could, could get sixty yeah. percent, so that's good. Uh, they also have improvements in here for the new Hitman game. It comes out Friday. Uh, and before the game comes out, it, that's exactly this is this is perfect. This is what we want to see from them, right? This is, is what they should be doing all along. Is like drivers coming out before the game that offers some significant potential performance. Nice. Is that a just don't, don't call it game ready? Does gaming involved exist anymore? Gaming yes. involved, yeah. Because Hitman Absolution was a AMD it is part. Title. Of, it is this is an AMD title. Hitman is an AMD title. It's curious. Um, you know what uh, the best part of these drivers are? Uh, you're going to tell me. Uh, you you can install them on a multi monitor system without <laughs> crashing. Unlike, hey, yeah, uh, Nvidia did kind of stain the Casper this week, didn't they? Good point. Um, so mm. Nvidia released uh, three. Was is they this the newest three drivers this week? I think. Yeah, I thought that. I thought which which version is the newest one? Isn't it? It's uh, not three sixty even number fifty five one one. No, the three six four dash four seven. Or sorry, three six four dash five one. Oh, okay, oh. so they released three six four four seven, I guess on Friday, I think. And they've already released five one. Well, okay. this one had a fairly significant bug. Two. Oh. What, what, what were the two bugs? Well, if you try to install it and had the temerity of having more than one monitor going, uh, that would tend to end up poorly for you. The I second think, one I think it was made if it you so did that it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't like if you had multiple monitors installed when it. Rebooted, it get, you got nothing. Just a black yeah. screen. Boom. That's oh. it. Uh, and the fix was to the hacked fix from Nvidia was to go into safe mode, <laughs> uh, uninstall the driver. You can just unplug the other monitors. Uh, nope. Not if you once if you, you got unplug- to that point. Right. Once you got to that point, it was done. Oh. You had to go into safe mode, uninstall the driver, reinstall. Uh, if you the or the fix was if you caught it before you installed it, if you unplugged your other monitors and installed the driver with just one monitor attached. How does that make it through QA? I don't know. Did uh, did five one just come out like today? <laughs> uh, yesterday or today? A fix came out. No, today. Today. Okay. okay. So uh, today. Then I can report another bug that there was with three three four six four seven. Was that? Because I installed it. I did a Windows ten install last night. Just trying. Oh, to you fix. didn't choose Express install, did you? No, 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 no. So, but I installed that driver, and then like uh, somehow I launched a game, and it went into stereo mode. That happens on my machine. Yeah, like it just went, it just decided to go into stereo mode, and it's, like there's a shortcut to turn it off. It, well, it's yeah, control something. Yeah, but then it's like, control C. But then, so here's what was really no, crazy. Is, I, I like quit that. the game, and I was at my desktop, and it was still in stereo mode. Nice. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> Whoa! So I kind of like psychedelically figured out yeah, if I cross my like, eyes enough. So, so then, like, I went into like I pulled up the video control panel and like looked, and of course, stereo is unchecked because I never turned it on, right? And I'm like, uh, okay, let me try to check it. So I check it, yeah. nothing changes. Uncheck it, nothing changes. Like I had to like reboot the system 
to get it to fix it. Yeah. But it was pretty bad. Because that was the other problem, is even with only a single monitor, if you did an express install, uh, again, on the four sevens, you would have some interesting problems. That was the first time on my setup it had anything like that had ever happened, so I'm guessing that driver was probably to blame. I happen to know the guy that runs the driver, <laughs> uh, like, the PR side of the driver side. Yeah. And uh, we had a talk yesterday about like how crappy our Mondays were, and his his Monday sounded pretty crappy. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Somebody and, typed and the wrong number somewhere. One. Yeah, it's a two oh. for one. You can be mad at Nvidia and Windows because it's a Wickle driver. Yeah, so you can hate them both. Some hardware qualification yeah, certification that's you got true. going there, Microsoft. Wait, oh yeah. Wait, two monitors? You can do that? Microsoft <laughs> <laughs> goes, whoa, 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 Wait, wait, wait. One, one, one 10, 1080p V-Sync monitor, 60 hertz. That's it, right? Oh, wait, That's all uh, the pieces. But I'm only on one monitor. But one monitor with, with stereo vision? What? Nobody like, will ever need more than one monitor. Well, it's because you have a greater than 60 hertz display. I know. 120 <laughs> and above, wait, you can go stereo no, sky. No, no, no. Yeah. That's just, just how it goes. Is this <sighs> a 3D TV? Yeah, okay. We'll turn on 3D. Yeah, so NVIDIA had to eat some shit for that. Uh, but at the very least, like the next day, what is it? The next day, two days later, they had their fix out. It's just uh, I, there, I saw some reports of somebody saying that it was cooking graphics cards. That it was like oh, there's always that one and, guy. And there and it's like that that wasn't what was happening. People were basically getting a black screen and thinking that their card was being bricked. Okay, okay. It's like well, no. If you go into safe mode, and a lot of people, this is the problem. Is what happens when you get new people coming into PC gaming for the first time. Right, they get pushed a driver update through GeForce Experience. Yep. They install it like they're supposed to. Suddenly, it doesn't work. And they go, address. "Oh my god, my it Xbox broke, is on fire! It broke my. It's I'm red ring. It's red ring. Oh no! <laughs> right. And so the idea of like, what is a safe mode, and how do you enter it? Even though in Windows 10 it is more complicated to go into safe mode Can than it should prompt? be. Um, yeah. How do you get into safe mode in Windows 10? Uh, I think it's still like F8, but you have to like, there's like two menus you have to go through to get to it now. But it boots so quickly. What, only <laughs> two? Get, yeah. It's that same way you disable the driver signing yes, thing. Yes, correct. Yeah. Correct. Oh, uh, well. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Asus GTX 950. This is interesting because in, NVIDIA has talked zero about this to me, period. Um, but Asus has released a new version of GTX 950 called the 950 2G. And the interesting part isn't what's been added, but what's taken away. Oh, look at this clever writing from Sebastian. Namely, the PCIe power requirement. So this is now uh, a board that does not require external power, uh, similar to the GTX 750 Ti that was a very popular, very um, important card, I think, in kind of the the shift to low power and power efficiency uh, on the GPU side. Um, The original 950 was a TDP of 90 watts, uh, but the 750 Ti was a 75. This one is now at 75 watts as well. And you can see it's still a fairly large card. It's still got two fans. It's a fairly large heat sink. Uh, but it's only up to 75 watts with no external power required. So you can't SLI these, right? I'm going to say no. I don't see. None of the pictures have You can't see the pictures. You can't see the SLI. If you don't have a six-pin power adapter, you don't have a motherboard that can do SLI. Let's that's that's a good point. If well, you're worried about getting a card that doesn't have a six pin power connector, you're probably not the kind of person. Probably didn't spend I'm just money saying, either. like what, ha- like how many 75 watt drawing things can you put on a motherboard before you start breaking crap? Like, I realize it's uh, rated for 75, but if you try to quad SLI something like this and draw two like 300 watts, I mean that'd be an interesting test for like scientific value. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But it yeah. had enough real world. If you don't have a power supply that has six pin connector, you don't have enough wattage to draw two. You, you don't have the extra twelve volt connector either for the motherboard. If it had right. an extra one, yeah, yeah, it's you know. I mean, I would assume if a motherboard has four by sixteen slots, that it would have to be able to supply seventy five watts through each. Well, four. the issue is wattage in the power supply. If you don't have a big enough power supply... No, no, I'm just saying everything else. Like, he was worried... He was just saying the the academic exercise of uh, does a... I mean, there's the rating, but can it really do it? But, I mean, think Especially if Ken sticks his fingers in the fans. Well, yeah, Ken shouldn't do that. But, I mean, even if you've got four 980 Ti's, they're all drawing some amount of power through the Yeah, but it's almost always, like, 15 or 20 watts or something. Uh, It's more than that. We've we've been able to measure it. It's more than that. It's probably in the 50 range. Yeah. Uh, it's less than maximum. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not it's not like ten or fifteen watts. I don't think. I think it's more like fifty watts uh, coming through. I can I can go back and look at some older uh, test results to see. Um, but this is like I, I this is this is definitely a retail part based on the box and the, yeah. the gunship on it, which I know Josh is going to be super excited about. Oh yeah. Uh, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool looking cooler. Man, what an oh, ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ooh, look at that Diana, the cruiser. Mm, so hot. <laughs> uh, but I, this is another one of those, like, I don't know how close we are to another generation of parts. Um, so the yeah. value of putting it out at this point is maybe a little bit uh, reduced as well. What's not reduced, that's not a good segue, uh, no. is the size of the Corsair power supplies, except they are reduced on purpose. They're, well, they're petite. They're not small. The Corsair releases the SF450 and SF600 SFX power supplies. Um, SFX, small form factor. This was a uh, form factor originally designed and kind of pushed by Silverstone. Uh, I, Is this where they give you the warning? If, if you experience a smaller power supply over the length of four hours, please high-five your system builder. <laughs> I guess. That was just bad, Josh. That wasn't even funny. Was there was there an old reference I should I should he, have he was reaching one? no yeah well come on it was a Viagra anti Viagra yeah. yeah. you gotta you, look you're, you're but if you drop the blue pill in it it will get bigger <laughs> it will be a full sized ATX <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the idea of SFX is that it's a smaller form factor there are certain cases that are designed for SFX power supplies in particular uh, we have seen. Slightly higher wattages from some SFX units recently. I think didn't Sebastian was telling us about like a seven hundred. Yeah, I thought we saw higher than seven hundred. But six hundred is is plenty, I think, for the types of systems that SFX units go into. Yeah, right. I hope XFX doesn't start making these. It's gonna be like a single yeah. GPU system. <laughs> yeah, you're talking the about XFX, SFX, could, but it could be a dual GPU system. Well, well, like that one, kick, be. That, that one Kickstarter case we saw with yeah. those MATX. Like could this, be. Yeah. This would power two powerful GPUs. Yeah. Yeah, you could put like 280 watt GPUs, two 200 watt GPUs, and still have enough for your power, your uh, uh, processor and, yeah. and storage. You are and all that pushing stuff. It. it. It's on the edge for sure if you're doing that. Uh, but you could have two. What's the 980? 165 watts, I think. Something like that, right? 175 A watts. Standard 980. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, 350 to four. You know, you're you're, 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 you're still with 90 for the CPU. I mean, you're yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so this is this is Corsair's first entry into this uh, power supply segment, as well, which uh, which is good because uh, more competition here will mean lower prices and and, and kind of some more options as well. Does does the Bulldog use an FF, 
SFX maybe? That's a good that's a good question. Because right. if that it do- would explain this. If it does, then yeah, that would explain why they have uh, this this coming out. Uh, it's fully modular. I am a big fan of that. Um, flat ribbon style cables. I am a fan of that. I think. Would you rather have the flat ribbon style or kind of like the braided? Um, and a small case like braided like round. Yeah, easier to uh, snake in Insert. and out. Yeah, but you. I, I think in a ITX case, you want the ribbon. That way you can, Maybe. like, run it in between the gap where the wall is and the power supply and stuff like that. Maybe. Yeah. But you can't have any twists or else things get yeah. nasty quick. Don't tell me what I can and can't do, Josh. You'd be amazed what I can tell you what to do. Don't get his panties in a bunch. <laughs> the SF600 is 119 bucks. The SF450, $89. So expensive considering the wattage you're getting. Uh, but again, as is the case with all this stuff, if you're paying for kind of smaller run, lower volume parts, uh, you're gonna you're gonna pay a little bit more for it. So that is uh, Corsair's small units, if you will. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, finally, on our news for this week, Seagate announcing a or showing a 10 gigabyte per second PCI Express flash drive. So a thumb drive, right? Like nope. talking about a USB <laughs> flash. Shove it in your PCIe slot. They decided. They <laughs> decided to call insertion. it. I don't know why they're calling it a flash drive. I don't know why they chose that kind of term. I'm hoping it changes before it actually really. I'm going to guess based on this picture, this is not a real photo. Uh, photo. So they're showing a product at this um, open compute summit thing that's going on. Yeah. Um. So maybe some pictures have snuck out of that. This is not a um, picture. Yeah, they sent me this a couple. Clearly, of, they sent me a couple of renderings. Okay. A Cinema 4D rendering. Yeah, so that's <laughs> so that's their um, that's their half height half length card, which is rated at 6.7 gig per second. Okay, and then below that is one rated at 10 gig per second. And if you look closely at that, I'm looking. It kind of looks like there's four M.2 slots there. Uh, yes. sure does. And you know that those are probably four M.2 SSDs on one card with a, you know a PLX chip somewhere. Look at the magic yeah. of this J. card. Micron they don't even controller. they don't even need uh, pins. They don't on even this. need pins on their nope. PCI yeah. Express slot. Yeah, they go just, straight through the PCB. It's magic. It's, it's magic. Um, so if that drawing kind of suggests what it does, like that, that makes sense, right? Like ten gig per, per second is the figure we got with four four lane NVMe. Uh, SSD 750s. Ah, uh, yeah. Remember when we yep. did that? That yep. 10 gig per second was the number that we cracked. That's true. Right? Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, kind of stands to reason. We have no idea, like, who's making those M.2 things, who's making the Flash, like, at, who's... At, as a hint, Seagate owns Sandforce. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's probably an avenue. They do. And uh, so if this is contingent on the Sandforce controller, the 3700, actually launching... You know that thing we've been hearing about like sandforce has nah. changed hands twice since they first talked about this thing <laughs> and we have yet to see a product with it in it right yeah so i'm just i'm kind of cautious if seagate is hinging this enterprise product on that controller being done well because they literally own the controller i, know. I think they would probably I know, know but when they, they were, can ship it lsi lsi owned the controller literally and knew when they can ship it and they kept saying that they were <laughs> shipping it right mm-hmm. like yeah. there was a flash memory summit where i saw easily 40 different devices with that sandforce chip in it every form factor you can imagine that <laughs> display case upon display case of them right and we have yet to see a single retail thing yet so i'm just i'm hoping that you yeah. know 
I kind of wanted to see that controller. It'd be nice. Be nice. You know, real nice. Anyway, um, so you got to keep in mind, this is like enterprise product stuff, right? So right. It, it's not going to be one drive letter and bootable and stuff like that. It's just going to be like four Boo. NVMe. Well, it'll be, it's not meant for that, right? It's right. like you haven't, there's going to be, you know, somebody wants to build a server that has like eight of these cards in it. You know, yeah. you know, giving them 32 of these logical or physical devices, right? And just take your, you know, take your uh, database or whatever it is and just like point it to all of those in parallel and just be massively parallel. So that's the kind of thing that you would, that you would use this thing for. Yeah. You wouldn't just buy one of these. You're just like, the reason they're trying to cram so much on one is so that you could put a bunch of those <laughs> in a server and get like as many individualized SDs as you could as possible. No pricing, nothing like got that, nothing, I assume. No, no additional details on specs. That I assume that's just like the max read speed probably that they're quoting there for 10 gig per second because that's exactly where we got our 10 gig per second figure. Right. They didn't even give like IOPS or anything. Does they say where? What is what? What event are they showing this at? Open Compute Project, uh, 2016 Summit. That's Open. My, that's my favorite one. Open Compute is the standard for data centers that Facebook has been pushing for the past few years. Mm, like okay. specific hardware standards, so you can do that's standardized right, racks and the, stuff. The ARM guys were working in that yeah. group as well. And so, and and by saying that they're they're saying like production ready, it might just be like okay, we finalized our physical specs, mm-hmm. so you can start designing your systems to accept these, but we don't actually have one running. I mean, it could just be that. Yeah. Like, we don't know. No, well, if they're going to demo it, they have to have something. I, I hope. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. All right, let's get into our hardware software. No, 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 no. Let's just do one other thing. The thing? Did Did you cover this, Alan? I put it in the uh, in the uh, hip chat. The uh, 15 terabyte Samsung SSD. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I don't. We've talked about this before. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Uh, I mean,. They're probably well, Samsung reveals largest ever, like physical size. No, it's it's like a three and a half inch drive, but it's, it's fifteen terabytes no, it's, of SSD storage. It's it's two and a half inch. Oh, is is it two and a half? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess it is. It's two and a half, but it's like How do they it's. Get that? Um, I I posted a picture of this like from Flash Memory Summit like six months ago oh, or something. Okay. Um, but maybe they're maybe they're shipping it now. You know what I mean? Uh, like they have not yet unveiled pricing or release date of the new drive, which will go on sale alongside smaller storage uh, drives later this year, including ten cents a gig. See, look, it says, <laughs> it says right here, second second to the last paragraph, unveiled at the Flash Memory Summit, August twenty fifteen. Oh, so why is this a new article? I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, it's something legitimate. This caught traction again for some reason, and like recirculated. I like how they say it was. I like how they say it was unveiled at the Flash Memory Summit in August, and then the next sentence is uh, they have not yet released the price or release date of the new drive. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It isn't out yet, so it's still new. I guess. Yeah, but that's a picture of it. Well, yeah, we had that same picture. But I mean, I I took an actual picture of it, like in August. Like they had Eh, actual pictures are overrated. Like it was like in my hand. No, it doesn't matter. Well, okay. I can take pictures of lots of things in my hand. If it was in your hand, you should have run away. Uh, right. I, I really should have. I should have. Uh, okay, now picks of the week. Unless anybody else has something else they want to throw in here at the end. No, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, nothing. Uh, nothing. How was think, Mexico? Think... Right, it was warm. Well, it was good. a lot of fun. Good. Did you get a but, tan? Uh, yeah, look at it. <laughs> SPF two hundred. 
uh, yeah, I spent more on uh, sunscreen than I did on beer, probably, and I drank a lot of beer. I was going to say, that seems unlikely. Ooh, Ryan stole the thing I solved for him as a pick. Yeah, no, I just, because I'm going to bitch about uh, Windows networking. It's a good thing to know. Stupid it's, it is. it's a good thing to tell other people about and for when they... So today, uh, in order to play Gears of War Ultimate Edition on both my AMD GPU testbed and my NVIDIA GPU testbed, I had to log in to the same Windows account, Microsoft account. Yep. Right? So <clears throat> that's because the apps are, you know, DRM tied to that account. Whatever, that's fine. However, basically as soon as I had in- logged into two different machines, not, not they can't be physically on at the same time. I should point this out. They're not both on the network at the same time. They're the same physical hardware. I just swap SSDs. Yeah. Okay. And as soon as I uh, logged into the second machine with the same account, I was no longer able to access the network drives. The local network share. Local network share. Or any other PC. You mean like another PC that has a shared drive. And the way that it failed was really annoying in that it would just tell you that your credentials were bad. Yeah. Right? It would say, oh, like, your credentials failed. Type in your password. You type it in. Like, I know the password. And, yeah. And it's like... Log is a different user. And, yes, and when you, I've, I've and used when you the type same in, user. And when you type in the password again, like the user that's spelled correctly, yeah, is there? Is sitting right there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Even when I went to add a new user, I would like retype the username yep. to that system, and I couldn't attack. I couldn't go to the NAS. I couldn't do whatever. Um, and this has happened to me many times. Like when I had the Surface Pro Four and the Surface Book. Yeah. And I was testing them both at the same time. It, I could no longer attach to the local storage, I, so I had to like. I think- I had and to, this is Pro? This isn't Home? This is Pro? It, it doesn't matter uh, which one it is. I don't think it oh, matters. Because that, that's what I was wondering. Pro usually so, has networking that Home doesn't. I think it's I think it's more it may be more like common to happen on Pro. Okay. And I, I think it's screwed around with this and, yet. And it's especially more common if you are signing into your Microsoft account in order to sign into Windows. I guess I don't understand why that should matter. Because it so it kind of puts Windows Hold into on, before you get to that, let me talk about what the solution was. Yeah. Right? So the solution was to, in the username field, type the name of the machine that you are trying to connect to. So in our case, it's file server. Yep. And then use a back forward slash. Forward slash. Or no, forward no, it's slash. It's a backslash. Because you're pretending it's a domain. Yeah. No, no. No, no. It's, the yeah, it's, it's the other way. Actually. It's a backslash. I think oh, it was, you're I pretending think, it's a web server. No, you're pretending it's a domain, but I think it was a okay. backslash that did it. It's the it, way. So I would the put way file you know server backslash username. The way and you then know the password that I'd normally do, and then it worked fine. Yeah. The way you know if you have the right slash is that as soon as you type that slash, it underneath that the domain yeah, changes. It tells you that you're logging the into. Domain. But um, I never had to do that before. Yeah. I've never had to do that before on any machine. So that's dumb. And. And it only happened after I had logged in. And I will give credit to uh, – where is he at here on Twitter? Um, Ryan oh, – which one was it? Let's so see. so here's, here's what I've discovered that I think That's is the connection. That's monumentally idiotic. Hold on. Here's, here's what I think is the connection here. If you pull up your system properties and you go into network ID. Yeah, I right? did that. Okay. See how this says it thinks it's part of a business network? Yeah. As opposed to a home user? Yeah. Now, if that said home user – it would like it would work without typing in the domain. Okay. Okay. All of our machines are on business network. But the reason that they all shift to business network like that, we're not running a domain here. We don't have Active Directory. None nope. of that. Nope. The thing Thank is, God. when you sign in to Windows using your Microsoft account, yeah, that's what flips that switch. But all also. the machines are already on business mode. I know. Regardless. I know. So I don't. I don't. I don't see. I don't. That setting didn't change suddenly for me. Um. But you got me. I don't know. It was uh, Brian Og, 
O-G-A-T-H-M-A on Twitter, Agathema, I don't know how to pronounce that, who said that uh, file sharing can break if you are signed into more than one uh, machine at the same Microsoft account. And damn it, Siri, shut up. Uh, so he, using, he, he was the first one to like tip me off. It's like, oh, maybe there's something involved in what that is. Um, so we were able to figure that out. So if you have issues, if you have multiple Windows 10 machines, and like at first we thought it was like Windows 10 versus Windows 8.1, yep. and like some machines can connect to some and some couldn't. If you have that issue, try that where go into your username selection and do the name of the machine you are connecting to, backslash, and then the username. Yep. The last time this happened... And then it just worked fine. The last time this happened was at, at my house, and... I didn't have two at the same time. I was doing a reinstall. Hmm. Hmm. So, like, that same think, machine went away and came back. Well, I mean, that's exactly what happened here, because the machine goes away yeah. and comes back. Yep. It must be... I, I don't know. Something, something about... Does your router, your switch hold any uh, of that data? Like, I don't think so. It no. can't. So, like... So, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, there's your there's your secret uh, uh, tip. Um... That's all I got. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got? I'm going to have to play with that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a little bit desperate for a pick, uh, but there is a very old game that I used to love that they never made a third one of, uh, and shut up if you know about it. They never made a Master of Orion 3. They didn't made a Master of Orion 1 and 2. It gave birth to the phrase the Great White Smackdown because there was a race that would come and beat up the, the best player going. Well, Wargaming.net, the same guys that bring you the game that Josh might be talking about very soon, uh, is doing a remake of it. And one of the neat things about it is the voice work. As you can see, they got Mark Hamill, John Delancey, Mike nice. Dorn, Alan Tudyk, Dwight Schultz, who you remember, may remember as Murdoch from the A-Team. Troy Baker. Troy Baker. It's a video game, after well, all. As they say, because you can't make a video game without him. You have to. <laughs> no one worth this on there, too. This is a great list. <laughs> of course. This but is a great I, list. It's an interesting list of voice actors, and, I mean, Wargaming.net does some interesting battles. Yeah. Like, they understand the sort of idea behind it. So if they can actually pull off this move, uh, the way that it should have been done in the... Well, the way it should have been done in the third, but the way it was in the first and the second... It's going to be a fun uh, quadruple X game for space. You can get it right now for 50 bucks. Uh, it's pre-order. I don't support that, but at the same time, you get all three of the previous games. I don't know how che- much cheaper the uh, regular edition is going to be. It's you probably going to be about 10 or 15 bucks. You get three bucks. previous games on what? Uh, one, two, and three. Uh, on Steam what? or good old games, oh. your preference. Oh, sweet. Because that's the thing. They're not selling it directly. It's either GOG or Steam. I, I'm not a huge fan of the early action, but or the early access. But at the same time, I'm thinking hey, it might be interesting to have one, two, and three. And until I looked it up on good old games, and you can pick them all up for about five bucks, six bucks. Oh, yeah, so keep cool. an eye out for it, uh, especially just for the voice acting. All right, should be fun. Josh, me, you, go. How about I just blink? How about you don't? I'm I'm blinking and. Code my. I can move on to Alan. We can't. We can't tell because your Skype is stuttering so badly that we're only getting half your blink. <laughs> it's really sad. When you blink, I'm try, I'm, I, the, I've got the. Ha- I'm whipping the hamsters. We need blink error codes to get my net going faster. What's that code for? Uh, I probably picked this already. There's so much new content. 
and it's still free to play. The the World of Warships, more naval battles, more maps, more features, really good graphics for what you get. And uh, you know, I I eventually ended up paying fourteen bucks to them through PayPal to uh, you know get some extra <laughs> slots and a few other little things. Ooh, through PayPal, you gotta huh? pay for slots. Well, I mean, you get five, oh. and uh, you can buy extra slots if you want for ships. So otherwise, you have to kind of go back and forth with what you want to play. And I didn't feel like doing that. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of strategy. It's not a Twitch game, but you got to think about what you're doing, which is hard for Ryan. Huh? Exactly. So you're saying aircraft car- carriers don't turn on a dime? Pretty much. It says Maybe. epic multiplayer battles. Is this what the game looks like? Is this graphically what it looks like? Uh, yeah, they, actually, the graphics look really darn good. That's yeah, that's, good. that's, that's in game cool, right there. Yeah. yeah. I bet Alan would be really bad at this. <laughs> oh, I'd be so horrible. Yeah. I bet he'd be really bad. I have bad no at experience it. with any of that. There's whatsoever. no spreadsheets involved. He's, he's not a surface <laughs> warfare kind of guy. I was going to say, are there any submarines in World I'm not War? A, I'm not a tar- no, I'm not no, a target no. And they told us guy. right off the bat that there will never be submarines in really? this game. It just it would break <laughs> how it works. Because it would just submarines are would, cheating. They would kill everything. They're <laughs> cheating. They're cheating. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, we don't know where they are. <laughs> oh, we got blown up. That's Crap. what destroyers are for. Damn it! Like, well, I mean, clearly <laughs> submarines have existed for a long time, and they still make battleships. Listen. I have a picture of a destroyer, like, full view of the scope zoomed out because we got so close to him, and he did not find us. Maybe he was just bad. Maybe he was, maybe <laughs> he was bad. Needs they, were testing, they were testing a new special Doppler radar thing that was supposed to be able to pick out a scope in oh, the ocean. Look at this. And, on per- <laughs> and, and my captain was so ballsy that we one, pulled Ken. right up on him. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> My captain, my captain was so ballsy they that we pulled those up ships around the corner. We we pulled like right up on him, took a picture, and then when we pulled in at the end of our tour, he he had me print it out for him and said like nice Doppler caption on it, and we sent that nice. to the captain of the destroyer. You guys sound like assholes. Yeah, it's like so it's, it's like, like Top Gun in the like, water. It's like you're, it's like yeah, it's like when you're when you're your upside down sucks. giving him the finger. <laughs> Basically, somewhere a couple the, of engineers got fired. Uh, nah, a big foreign, can't pull that up many foreign G's. relations. <laughs> A Meg can't pull that many G's. You should know. Giving that. him the finger? No, I get it, Goose. I understand. Oh. Uh, what a great movie. Uh, anyway, last but not least, maybe least, we'll see. Maybe least. Uh, Alan, what do you got? All right. So uh, for people that you know like playing around with camera stuff, um, you probably heard about a teleconverter. Yeah. Which is that thing you put between the lens and the camera. Sure. But there's a thing you could put after the lens. It's called a lens lens. Kind of? It's not a teleconverter. It's a teleside converter. Sure. Okay. You're just putting glass in front of glass. You put glass in front of glass. You put another lens in front of the lens, right? But the way that these act is more like binoculars. Like you can actually look through them. Let me see. And you can look <laughs> through it, and it just makes everything, Ooh. in that case, 1.7 times the size. L- look at the camera while you're doing that. Right? <laughs> So, but here's, but here's the trick with that. That's actually really clear too. Yeah. I like that. That's the, that's the whole point of the thing, right? Here's the trick. Look at all those LEDs. Teleside converters do not reduce your f-stop. So that you, Ryan, you'll notice the brightness of what's coming through that. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same brightness. Yeah. Right? You don't lose any light. Um, there's, there's some side effects with like, 
you know, if you put this on a lens and you try to put the lens, a zoom lens all the way wide, you're going to see a circle, all right. you know, um, that kind of stuff. But you could potentially, you know, put this thing in front of, and it works on SLR lenses too. Like it's just anything that can just look through something, right? So I mean, is, that, just, is that threaded? It's, it's threaded on the okay. back. Right, yeah. it's even thread on the front. If you were crazy enough to put, put like a gigantic a, ass yeah. ND on it, so I mean that's the reason the front is so much larger than the back is because it has to give you the equivalent amount of light. So the lens has to be that much larger in the front, right? Um, so this is a way to get like a 1.7x zoom extra on your addition on whatever lens you have on have. whatever lens you have without okay. losing any f-stop. It's pretty cool. And there's a guy that like there's an MIT page from way way back when. You can I, tell because. It's, it has this rainbow bar across the top. Yeah, it's like a really old. HR. It's a really old yeah. page. Um, I couldn't even find the. Is that GeoCities? Uh, <laughs> no, it might be a clone from GeoCities or something. Actually, this is the um, this this guy is like he was so he was a peeping tom. And so, he like, so he bought every single different type of, of how can I telecide get, converter? How can I not lose f stop when I'm taking pictures of that girl? Yeah. Uh, from across the apartment complex. So so there's some good comparisons there. <laughs> <laughs> on like you know different models there was like a couple of different sony ones uh that gave you kind of the same results but the other one was like half the weight of this thing because this thing's pretty dang heavy it's, that was heavy i wouldn't um, want to put that on the end of the lens for uh, very yeah long. like uh, i've when i use this i kind of like support if it's a zoom lens that comes out of the camera body and stuff oh, like, yeah, you kind of like then. you kind of want to support it by this because this weighs almost as much as the lens the regular lens does at least yeah um so, but, what, so what you're telling me is they haven't made one in 20 years. If you're uh, well, that's the thing. Page. That's the thing. You get them cheap on eBay because people just like. But you know, why? Why don't they make them anymore? Just because they just probably because lenses have, lenses have imp- lenses have improved and people would rather have it be all one piece. Yeah, I'm but sure. people so, still use teleconverters all the time. So when these came out, uh, it was like when the Sony F707 was out. Yeah, and this threaded right into it. It's even the same color as the camera body of that yeah. camera, right? But then, like, they just didn't sell that much. People just didn't buy them that much. Mm. Um, mm. And I mean, um, you can still find them now. Maybe not this particular model new, but it kind of had to be tied to a specific camera model, mm. right? And it had to be like this. I mean, even though I have an adapter ring and I put this on my RX10. I have to be extremely careful because that's a mechanism that slides in and out, right? The F707 did not have any of that. The front of it was fixed. And all the focusing and zoom was internal. Okay. And so that's the only way it oh, can support something. Screwing like this. on longer and longer and longer. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you could get so another your camera one. Camera lens was the size of your uh, arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a cool idea. Might be, doctor. might be of interest to some people that like play with camera stuff. Yeah. You know, that's neat. All right, everybody, that's going to round up our 12-hour live stream today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed all 12 hours of it. If you missed any of the 12 hours, make sure you go to pcpar.com slash podcast and find all of our back episodes of 12-hour podcasts. Uh, and, again, if you want to watch us record the show live, we do it Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, pcpar.com slash live. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything um, specific coming up. Ken and I are going to be gone uh, much of next week at the Game Developers Conference. Um, so expect including to see the podcast. Yeah, including the podcast. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah, we'll actually be we'll be there. Hmm. I don't know. You guys might have to figure that one out. I mean, we'll figure it out, but you may have to do it. I mean, I might be able to, your own. to drive it from here. 
Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but so expect to see videos of Ken and I in VR headsets acting like yes. fools uh, come up on the website relatively soon as well. Uh, and we finally got in all of our hardware, sometimes a little bit more than what we needed for our hardware, uh, for our VR builds. So that will be starting as well. So uh, We can do two VR builds. No, hopefully we can do at, at least, least three. three. Yeah. So that's how many we had planned for. Okay. Uh, that's it for us, guys. Like I said, pcpro.com slash podcast. Go there, subscribe. You can find the video download feed, audio download feed, uh, YouTube links, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and if you enjoy our content, if you think what we're doing is useful, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash pcpro. We greatly appreciate that. We'll see you next time, guys. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm 12 Ever Podcast. Or I mean Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm constipated Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. I'd, I'd really never need to know that. Like, I never... Then I'm it's, been a, it's been a 12-hour podcast. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper. 